ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are here from New York, you know, after an inaugural Wu-Tang day, you know what I'm saying? Eric Adams, trying to take some heat off of him, you know what I'm saying? Got a small <laughs> donation problem, you know what I'm saying? Very tiny, you know? The feds always come and sweep your phones, you know, that happens all the time with public officials. But, uh, you know, we come here the day after Wu-Tang Day, feeling happy, feeling spry, you know? The world is burning, but Regenstone, keep tooting on. Yeah, you know, it's been a minute, y'all. Um, you know, life happens, uh, but <laughs> I mean, wars happening shit since the last time we were actually going, which is crazy. But we out here, man. Um, you know, your boy Eric Adams out here. I- <laughs> Catch, gonna, gonna be gonna him and a young thug in the same fed jail. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a reality show, uh, and the sad thing is, I think. Young Thug is probably will be the most sane. Oh yeah, out, it's out of the both of them. Bruh. And I, I can imagine Adam because you know he's always been a word cloud chaser. Like yo, I was in jail with Young Thug. Oh, of course, we were out there. Of course, hello, Thugger. Like, hello. <laughs> Eric Adams will have like the most drip. <laughs> I mean, because he'll have he'll have he'll have foreign fucking officials to put money on his books. <laughs> True that. (laughs) (laughs) But as usual, we're happy to be here, happy to be back. And every year, as you know, me and Stone love this one event, one event that makes that makes our lives. You know, some people it's New Year's, some people it's fucking Christmas. You know, some motherfuckers out there Valentine's Day, people in love. For us, nope, it's the Grammys. Oh my goodness, (laughs) y'all. The sweetness, the this the the fucking the gowns, the suits, the gospel choirs every rock band has to bring mandatorily, the, the country segment, the in memoriam, you know what I'm saying? And obviously we all know we all love the close up bitter face when you lose a fucking category. Mwah. This is cinema. This is cinema. <laughs> oh man. So uh Grammy nominations was announced, y'all, and uh Girl Power. Is, yeah. is is the theme girl power uh SZA again is has the most nominations <laughs> which you know <laughs> ooh i remember last time yeah oh, does not mean anything ooh. unfortunately does not mean anything um yeah. and you know she's up against taylor swift she's up against i think like billy eilish um you know i it's just like one of those things where you're just kind of like why even you know, like like the performity <laughs> is not <laughs> worth the time. I think, um, you know, I it's 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 a pretty interesting, I would say, uh, mix of names here. Victoria Monet, who which is an album that we didn't talk about on the podcast, but the album I actually really like. Um, she's getting some flowers here. Janelle Monet is getting flowers here. Um, you know, Boy Genius. You know, is getting their flowers. Which, damn, great! That's the craziest glow up I've ever, I've ever seen in in recent memory. Which is not surprising, though. It's not. It's. I mean, I get it. All right. So it's you, like. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. How 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 could I dance around this and not you know get get you know attacked by you know w- women at a coffee shop? All right. Look, the thing is, as individual artists, I love them all together. 
And the thing is, they were always in a lane of more like indie rock, almost folky rock. But it was weird to kind of have a band like this, which is definitely almost, I won't say stripped down, but definitely not arena rock, basically become a huge arena rock fucking act. That's crazy to me. True. And look, I, I you, know my, you know my thoughts on Phoebe Bridgers, although I, I know people who know her, so I'm not going to like go into it. I don't, don't want to get, you know, <laughs> the darts <laughs> in, inside my neck. Um, it's I guess it's not surprising. Um, I cannot. So I don't want to like, you know, say that I've listened to a lot of Boy Genius, but I do think it's sometimes I feel like the glow up, and especially on the Grammy side, feels like more of, of the hopes and dreams as opposed to the end product, right? And it's just like, mm. you know, you want to kind of see this happen. You want to have this, like, female super group. You want to have them selling out arenas, things like that. Um, it, it is, like, the dream of people who are in the music industry for this to happen because they, they see themselves uh, or an archetype of themselves in that, especially, you know, like, the fact that they're a rock band, right? Um, so I'm not surprised at the glow up or the Grammy nom. Um, I will hold, hold my judgment, but, um, you know, and again, like it's really interesting that, um, everything is themed, right? It's, it's girl power year, right? Like, like, and it's just kind of like, I get it because Taylor Swift is hot. And Beyonce, you know, like was like you know was hot, which I don't think I don't know if she got any nominations or she wasn't eligible. I don't know, but it's just kind of like you have this like uh, like emergence of like girl power. Barbie movie, you know, Barbie soundtrack is on there. Um, Flames, but it's just like it the the theming of the whole thing is a little sus to me. And not saying that these female artists don't deserve their nominations and their flowers. But it just kind of seems like they they packaged all of the nominations into a theme that I'm sure is is more aligned towards ratings than anything else. Oh, you know, I mean, cynically. So I'll never, not really, never forget. But I remember there was a Moog Fest. So Moog is a company that makes a lot of basically the most popular or famous synthesizer company in the world. They had this Moog Fest thing that they were doing, I think, in uh, North Carolina. Um, I won't get too into the weeds, but the company itself doesn't exist the way it does now because private equity bought it up. But long story short, they were doing festivals. So I remember it was a big deal to kind of go to the festival. It was a whole bunch of indie nerds and like musicians, right? So I remember there was a year where they announced that, oh, we're going to have basically without telling any other artists, they had a, we're doing a female focused festival this year. And I remember to the point, a lot of the women got annoyed because rightfully so. It's like, hey, it's, this feels like a cheap gimmick. Like you've kind of yeah. have me here. Like, you know, we, you, we shout to me, so-and-so. I thought it was because of my chops. And it probably is to a certain extent. But when you kind of market me as a female musician, it makes it feel very weird. And to a certain extent, you know, and I guess we'll go into this now, when you have your previous <laughs> demigod of the Grammys getting caught out here on some Bill Cosby stuff, you know, it makes it very interesting to kind of see it kind of line up. Again, not to say they don't deserve it, but at the same time, I would very much love to see the gender breakdown in the non-popular categories, you know, engineering. You know, I want to see it in country when it's not just like the biggest country song. Yeah. I want to see like songwriters. I want to see how that breaks down. And sadly enough, I have a sinking suspicion it's going to break down to the way we all think that, you know, they grab a couple of big female artists because they're popping and then everybody else gets the normal shaft because you aren't making a rich white man money somewhere. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, again, it's, you know, femininity is like so interesting as well, right? Because you have people are like, oh, Taylor Swift has made like a billion dollars. Like, you know, sexism is, is resolved. <laughs> and you know like uh and obviously like you know black women you know uh you know other women of color are not make you know sharing that same pie right like 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 you know so there's obviously levels to to the shit um but yeah i mean that that's my fear is that they they're they're kind of doing this in a way where they are kind of saying like oh yeah like we fixed all our issues when our, you know, former president, who is now accused of sexual assault, said that women work, aren't working hard enough. Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't remember that. Because <laughs> it's girl power year. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, you look at it where like SZA was there also. SZA was, was a big name. The advertiser, black woman, R&B singer. And she totally got shut out in a way where, to be honest with you, again, long, and I'm even joking, like I've been watching these shows forever. I've never seen an artist get locked out the way she has. Yeah. And, you know, you look at it that way where it's like, damn, it's like to a certain extent, it's like, you know, they want to have those names up there. But going back to The weekend, going back to Drake, going back to Frank Ocean, do they actually like respect the culture coming from? Or is it just easy to have the name up there and they know that it'll get clicks? Yeah, yeah. I uh, so I didn't dig that deep, and we we can move on. But I didn't see. I know that there was a ghost. Was a um, ghost writer um, was in the short list, uh, the AI generated guy. But I don't think he actually got nominated. Um, good, which is good for now. It's probably going to be a thing next year, but I, 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 if he got nominated, I feel like they would lead with that, and I don't see that. So, um, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, we're 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 not ready for that. Um, so thanks Grammys, but uh, <laughs> for everything else, y'all still sus. <laughs> yeah, and I also want to go a little deeper because not to be funny, outside of the SZA. I don't really see, and and here's the thing. Again, I respect, I like a lot of what Boy Genius doing. Again, I'm a rock and roll dude, so I like it. And those are great albums, but it's still, this is still a weird. Like again, you still don't get the things that you expect to see. It then, you know, Victoria Monet is good, Coco Jones good, Janelle Monae is good, and then I'll be honest with you, even Janelle Monae is almost like a combo changer, just because this album is very much not like her old work. It's not artsy. It's very, very down to earth, very R and B, very like diaspora focused music. So I do love to see it there, but it's also interesting because, like I said, is a lot of the records I thought I would see here, I don't. Like the more I think about it, yeah. Which, which is definitely not usual for the Grammys. That never happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just reading this thing now where it's kind of talking about, like, rap. There's no rap albums uh, or rap songs that are kind of nominated for Song of the Year or Album of the Year um, or Record of the Year. And I was kind of like, did, wait, did, did, did they get that right this year? Because yeah. rap kind of sucks this year. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is the fact of where, you know, and it's it's we're we're in a very the old gods are dead to a certain extent. The thing is, it's it's a we're in a weird space of where like, you know, like I, I adore the JPEG Denny Brown album It's probably my favorite record of the year. You know, there's been some great hip hop. But as far as anybody who's capital S selling like your Drake's, you know, Kendrick was on existence. 
you know, your Uzi Verts. And again, I'm a huge Uzi Vert fan. Love the past records. This was very limp. We're kind of in a weird space of where everybody's a little bit confused on how to move forward. And I think is and then, like even even Travis Scott, right? Travis Scott would have been a no brainer a couple of years ago, and that was just like, eh. So I don't know. Like it's 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 definitely in a weird in the word doldrums. Um, that said, you know, it would have been nice to see Doja Cat, honestly. Like, Doja Cat was a great record. Like, I think that if anything should be, you know, thinking back, not necessarily in comparison to the Outcasts, but as far as a big budget, you know, popular hip-hop record getting the nomination, to me, that's a no-brainer. That would have firmly fit within the Grammys history. So I'm surprised that didn't happen to a certain extent. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just, it's been very, it's, like you said, the one looking at it, it's, I don't know if it's because music is that splintered, if music isn't that good, or like you said, cynically, it's just like, hey, we're just kind of, you know, put sliding these artists in because we want to have a new image because we're getting a lot of hits and CBS is on some like, yo, I need to have my ratings go up because your ratings have been sucking for the last couple of years. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, what else is there? I mean, I mean, this is a minor one and I feel even feel talking bad talking about it. So, long story short, the widow of MF Doom is suing Stone's Throw, basically specifically the owner, only because right now they aren't really giving, basically, long story short, I guess the story goes that Doom had all his books in an apartment, and basically, the person who has it is saying that, hey, you know, I had to pay off whatever debt was for to pay pay up the rent, and as a result... When I paid off the rent, the books were there, so I have the books. And so I think the reason why I want to put it on there, and it's not necessarily about Egon, and you know, there's been a lot of rumors about how he's a shady dude, let's be honest. I think it's along the lines of where two things. So his argument is a very interesting one where he's basically like, look, you know, I could give her the books, but does she deserve to have the books? Shouldn't this be somewhere, you know, in like the Smithsonian or something? Which I'll say even this much. I don't think that's a genuine argument. I think that's just an easy way to kind of make him look like a not, not a total bad guy and a thief. But I, it is kind of fascinating the idea of what art is. You know, on one hand, it's Doom's books. On one hand, you know, if she's his widow, she deserves it. And on another hand, if there's profit to be made, you know, she she should get some of that money. You know, I'm pretty sure she's not rich. Doom is not fucking Jay Z. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm a, I doubt Doom is living fucking a lav. Was you know he's got billions in the bank. On the flip side, there is that argument about like art and you know the, and how that's kind of almost become a commodity. And yeah. like maybe he does have a point where it should be in a Smithsonian. Maybe it should be quote unquote not necessarily public domain in that kind of sense, but maybe it should be seen. So I just thought that was kind of fascinating beyond the shady angle of like you know what's what's kind of at stake here, or at least what he's alluding to. Yeah, I I I really kind of uh, I, I I'm. I, I feel so bad for, you know, um, you know, Doom's wife. Um, this yeah. is, you know, like the, the situation or the circumstances of when, how Doom died at the hospital were shady and, you know, she's dealing with that. And then now she has to deal with this and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know too much about it, but, you know, I do know a few things that, you know, um, I've heard lots of shadiness around Egon um, and and kind of how that business was handled, which is really sad because I love Stone's Throw. 
Agreed. Um, same here. And I, you know, it, it used to be a label that I almost like would exclusively, if something from Stone's Throw dropped, I would buy it just off the name. You know, it's kind of agreed. So it, it's kind of really hard, you know, sad to see, but it is the industry. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, just give them the books, right? Like, it's it's not. And, yeah, no, it's 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 her, it's her dead husband's writings. Yeah, right? it's 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 like, and not saying like you know MF Doom MF Doom means a lot to me, you know, but you know it's not like Taylor Swift, right? It's not like it's something where, or like Wu Tang or something like that. Where, I mean, and maybe you could like auction those books off for millions of dollars, but it, it doesn't seem like you know having those books in your possession is going to make you like such a rich man. You know, as opposed to like giving those books to somebody, you know, to the widow, right? I think that's just like the right thing to do. Um, and you know, yeah, I, there is an argument that those books should be in some type of, you know, I, at some point, I think they are opening up a hip hop museum, and it'd be cool to ha- have those books in the hip hop museum. But I don't think that should be your decision to make, right? That should be Agreed. the widow's decision to make, right? And um, you know, I, I, you know. Look, I understand capitalism. I understand, like, yeah. There's probably some farmer dude or like, you know, some hedge fund guy or whatever that will pay like millions of dollars for the books or hundreds of thousands of dollars for those books. But you know, at the end of the day, like, what is that worth really? And you know, like, come on, just like be a good person, you know. Yeah, no, and again, it's like I, I guess it's an interesting discussion just on a basic level as far as art and ownership. But like again, it's at the end of the day, it's still her husband's things, her dead husband's writings. Like you know, he died in a very fucked up way to the point of where there's some fucking legality happening there. She's suing, so it's not like it's something where it's like, oh, you know, it's it's a peaceful death and everything is kind of settled. She's somebody where she went through trauma. And I think it's only fair for that to have those books. You know, like I said, I understand the discussion. And like I said, I would love to see it. And again, that is say it can't. You can own it and loan it to a museum also at the same time. You know, it's, it could have the best of both worlds. But like I said, it's just kind of fascinating because I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of portrayed as kind of like trying to protect the art. And I could definitely say that, you know, this podcast is about celebrating art and things like that and documenting and, you know, our opinions of music. And I, and I definitely get that on a certain level. But on another level, man, it's fucking that's this dark, dark fucking energy and karma, man. So, yeah. You know, yeah. And then, uh, I, you know, sometimes this podcast turns into the AI podcast. You know, we're out here, you know, going hard. You know, talking about AI musicians and all the changes, but you know who's fighting the good fight against AI? You know what I'm saying? You know who's doing it? Goddamn Universal. <laughs> Universal. I mean, I, I can't even joke about this. So, long story short, you know, as we all know, the whole basics idea of AI is, is always going to be at the, at the very, very end of it, a search engine. And for the most part, you know, unlike, you know, and it's, it's interesting because this is not open, you know, this is not ChatGP. This is a, a smaller AI company where basically, long story short, Universal sat there, said, what are Britney Spears lyrics? It spit out to them Britney Spears lyrics. And as a result, they want to have a check because that's copyrighted at the end of the day. You know, yeah. it's owned by somebody. So the reason why I kind of put this in there is because I laughed. I was like, oh, damn, that's interesting. And I was like, you know, because generally, you know, it's, it's you know, if you look in your Googles and everywhere else, those lyrics are everywhere, you know, on message boards, you know, ju- you know, genius and every place else. 
So just for shits and giggles, I went into ChatGP to actually type in those lyrics, and immediately it would start spitting out to you, and you could see like another word come in there where it'll start like you know, Ooh, Tang Clan is them to fuck, and they'd be like, sorry, copyright. <laughs> so it's almost like you had two bots, one bot that's like actually fucking like, oh yeah, here's the information you wanted, and another bot like, nah man, we get fucking sued. So it's kind of fascinating to kind of see that you know, in certain ways. These record labels are more than happy to protect their IPs, but in other ways, they're also very willing to exploit their artists. Yeah, this is this is really interesting, and it, 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 it's kind of weird too. Like, uh, th- there's a copyright act where, essentially, like if you like, and I guess there are some court cases and things like that. Like, if you like publish lyrics on a website, that's basically the same as like publishing lyrics in like a book. Something like that. Really? And it's like a very weird thing where lyrics to me like are just lyrics, but apparently there there's there's a lot of uh credence given to songwriters and the use of their work. Um and you know, Google's ran into it a few times, a lot of these lyric sites run into it, you know. Um I think like Spotify pays like all the rights holders like additional fees to use the lyrics like it's a big deal i'm not surprised that you know this is happening in the ai space just because yeah like like you know all of these you know gpts like all of these large language models all they're doing is consuming data uh and like spitting it back out to you so i guess i'm not surprised but you're right you know it's just like it's really interesting where like you know, and, and you know a lot of times too. You have these huge corporations. One hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing, right? Sure. So you know, on one hand, like the lawyers are like, "Ah, oh, man, like fuck this," but like you know, uh, you know, all the A and R's are like, "Oh, like I want AI generated artist." <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it's almost like when um, back in the blog era, right? Like uh, I just I just remember like. Um, like the dudes who were in marketing were sending out the leaks. <laughs> you oh, know, I remember this. the MP3 attachments and the zip file yeah. attachments while the legal team is like prosecuting bloggers for leaks. <laughs> I remember th- I remember that was whole drama's thing. He was very much like, hey, Yeah, these guys are suing me, but they literally gave me the raw fucking MP3s for the yeah. mixtape I put out that they're suing me for. Yeah, so it's, it, it's you know, it's not surprising, I guess. Um, I don't think this really, again, like, I, I don't think this is, like, really a signal of, like, what Universal's going to do in the AI space. I think it's just, like, lawyers being lawyers at the end of the day. Oof. Artists get paid nothing. So, so as, as it goes. As it goes, um, man. On as the usual tip, we get to the new section, the new music section. New music. And right now, me and I guess the, I guess the focal album, the focus album of this is the return of Sampha. Uh, Sampha, who basically was BFF. With, actually, I remember seeing him subtract touring. Actually, when it was subtract first blew up in the United States. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that he was back in those days. He was basically like the backup singer. Yeah, well, not like that. But you know, what I'm saying he was. They were. They were. You know, coup de la. But uh, long story short, you know, he's come back with a new record. And uh, for me, it's very, 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 very surprising. And I'll tell you why. So I like a lot of Sampa's music. I love his voice. There's a lot of times where I feel like on the low, 
I would hear certain productions and they would definitely go for a sample type voice. I remember when Drake sampled him for a period of time. You, his voice was around in certain places for a very, well, even though his content may not have, Sanfa was definitely kind of influencing well, the culture. Well, now me. if you if you can't get Sanfa, you get Giveon, but it's a whole other story. Ooh, ooh, shots. Giveon is like but the AI generated Sanfa. <laughs> <laughs> the Costco Sanfa. <laughs> the Costco Sanfa. <laughs> But uh, in his own solo works, though, it tends to be very melancholy. If I remember correctly, when his solo record first came out, his his mother died. And, you know, it felt like when it was a Sanford song, per se, or a Sanford project, there was always a specter of, like, sadness around it. And, uh, yeah, so out of, I mean, I didn't really see this coming for this year, but album got announced, album dropped, and it's a fucking banger. It's, it's, it's just really well made. It kind of goes back to what was kind of really good about Sanford where he's got his voice, which is very pretty, but very airy, you know, it's not like he's a power, power singer, but it's a kind of a voice, almost like a lullaby. I can imagine like, like an old granddad singing to you kind of thing. And it's just like, and the thing is the vibes here. And like I said, is, is and it's no diss because again, as a Radiohead fan, it's definitely a place for sad music. But this is definitely much more upbeat and positive than I've heard him in fucking years. Maybe since like the like since the early subtract era. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's very interesting because I know um, you know he a lot of his albums is maybe themed or ten- tangentially themed around like the birth of his daughter. So um, you know ah. that would lead to like probably a little bit of the less melancholy um, you know aspect to it, but. One thing I just like I really enjoy about this album is just I don't know like I, I I listen to a lot of music these days and I I'm not saying it's easy to make music but there's so much that you know in terms of production where you can get a type beat or you can study re- relentlessly an artist and you can kind of like figure out like what makes them good and kind of sound like them um, and I think as a result a lot of the music these days kind of sounds the same and i'm not even just talking about like rap but just like r&b like i, I feel like there's there's just like uh i don't know like it just it just really sounds the same to me um one thing about i love about this album and what struck me is like it's so different and unique but it's not really about the album itself it's just like sanfa's like writing and production process it's always been on a different level and I just remember when the single came out, um, and I forgot the name of the single, but like it, it, they, you know, the algorithm would group it like next to all these other like R&B and like lo-fi R&B tracks, and all the lo-fi R&B tracks sound like you know SZA and Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then this will sound it's like so left field, and I don't even think it's that left field, but I think it's just like. He's so in his own lane, and I just really appreciate it. it. It's just like it's such a beautifully produced album, and I, I miss it. I, I miss people who are just like so intentional about the art that they create. They they're not trying to chase a playlist. They're not trying to chase like any type of like, you know. And I say he's not trying to chase fame, but you know he. He, he's not trying to devalue his work I think to to for some type of like you know artist or like you know game right he's just like you know what this is my lane I'm gonna do this I'm gonna put an album every five years 
but I'm going to also jump on this Drake track <laughs> and get a check. And maybe Giveon is like, you know, my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> Have we seen them in the same room? Um, <laughs> That's how he gets the checks. He's just like, you know, it's all some Doom, Doombot stuff. Where yeah. It's like, look, I'll send these vocals out there. <laughs> Under the Givian brand again, Costco. It's like, what do you have? The high end Sony and like the Awea headphones. It's like you, know, you have to have levels. The Kirkland signature shit is like actually pretty good, man. So you know, um, but yeah, I got that dart. I don't know. I, are, are there enough Givian fans to give me a dart in the side of my neck? Anyway. I, I don't, oh. All three of them are mad at you. Oh, I'm saucy tonight, man. Uh, but no, so I I, <laughs> I appreciate it for that. Um, and this is definitely an album that I well, well, it could make the list, man. It could make the list for for uh, end of the year. We'll see. No, you know, and, and I and here's the weird thing is, and I'm not gonna say that it's been a, a disappointing year, capital D, but it has been a weird year for a lot of artists, kind of coming back. And, you know, it's like, hey, they disappeared, they come back, and they expect this whole big, like, album, and they haven't really kind of continued from where they are. And I think, like, going back to your point, is the idea of where this sounds singular. It's like he's moved forward. Yeah. It's not like he's moved forward. It's, it doesn't sound like it's in the doldrums. It doesn't sound like it's just, like, and not doldrums in the, in the, the melancholic sense, but very much like, hey, like you said, let me look up Sanford type beats, let me sing on top of it, do a little bit melody stuff. And then that's it. Here's a song that's gone. It's very well crafted. It's an idea to make an album out of it. All the songs are like songs. You know, it's not just like, hey, let me just kind of knock these things out because relatively easily. And not to be funny, he's the kind of artist, and, and not to say that he's the kind of artist per se, but in the genres he's in where it's like very dance orientated, where it's almost like a light R&B, it's very easy to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not in the studio of Kamazi Washington doing fucking jazz runs. It's very easy to kind of get a little simple, simple fucking pretty melody in the MIDI keyboard, throw some trap drums on top of it, and bam, he's got a song. And like, and or vice versa, getting like a little fucking you know wanna be like 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 uh, what's the ampiano? The the Af- ampiano, right? Yeah, How do you yeah, pronounce yeah. the yeah ampiano. So getting like an ampiano beat, putting a little four four in, it, it's a little bit heavy, and bam, that's another fucking banger, quote unquote. And yeah, so it's this the idea of where oh shit, like this dude is still you know he's somebody where he's definitely touched greatness. He's somebody who's definitely could easily have that lane, you know, and he's not. And it's something where I think about him and I think about James Blake a lot. So I think about James Blake where he came out, he was very like this, this, this very experimental producer. No vocals from him, very experimental. He pivoted into a very, I won't say experimental, but definitely a Starks, very serious songwriter type. And then once he got a couple of them checks, from that point on, he was just, you know, Nate Dogg, but <laughs> drinking fucking <laughs> matcha lattes, you know, matcha latte and fucking Nate Dogg. So there's an issue there where it just, and, it, and the thing is, I bring it up because I do like him, and I bring it up because the, the current album, I won't say it's a return to form, but you can see that he's also trying to kind of like, hey, I'm trying to get out of this box, I was going in this one direction, maybe try to find my way back home. And, and I think it's fascinating where uh, Sanford has never really left when it would have been very, very easy to. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the last one, on the way out, to have one last shout out on my end, Lorraine, I Killed Your Dog. Uh, Lorraine is an artist that blew up a couple of years ago with an album called Fatigue. Uh, I saw her play Jazz Fast. She's somebody where she hasn't necessarily been hiding her influences. Obviously, she's draped in Neo Soul and R&B, but also she shouts out Animal Collective, kind of a little bit of experimental 
Well, fatigue, it was very interesting because I won't say it was necessarily bangers. It was very experimental, but it felt like the songs themselves as individual units were all very different and very specific. And, you know, you might have one song that might have like a house break, one song that sounds almost like, let's say, you know, pure R&B, one song that's going to be a little neo-soulish. The reason why I want to shout this album out is this, you don't really have that per se. Mm. What I mean by that is the idea of where it's definitely an album. Like, you know, there's maybe like one interlude that kind of stands out. Like, oh, this is a little bit of a, you know, palate cleanser. But everything else kind of flows together and it feels like this, like this one body of work where they kind of went in there, kind of focused on making this album as a project. And I kind of wanted to shout it out because it feels like, unlike Fatigue, and I just said that she's not getting her flowers. But at least Fatigue, you had a couple of quote unquote singles. This one, and I kind of chatted on Radiohead, you don't necessarily have a single, but it's definitely as strong as anything I've heard from her. So I just want to kind of put that out there in the ether. If you're a friend of R&B, particularly things that are leaning more experimental, give it a fucking listen. Yeah, and, and I have not listened to this. I, I will put it on my list. Uh, one of the things I love about Lorraine is just like, she's, I mean, she's a composer. Yeah. Like, she, she plays like all the instruments, you know, and I I just like will always stand for that just because I feel like, um, I don't know, man. Like, like there's, I, I just know, like, you know, artists who are female who, who kind of have been discouraged to not do that, right? It's like, oh, no, you're just the voice. Or you're just a look. You're just like the, like, you know, so-and-so, right? Um, and, yeah, she plays all the instruments. And I've always just been like, you know, I'm not saying that I love everything that she does, but I'm just kind of like, I was like, I get it, though. Like, this, this, is, this is dope. Um, so I will definitely check this album out. Um and I, I, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aligned as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and go back to your point about how it's just very. So, like, you know, I saw her live and she was doing like a noise freak out on the guitar. And again, you know, it's the idea of where not to say that women don't do noise freak outs as if it's something else. But it's interesting where she's willing to throw random things in there that are definitely more music nerdy stuff. And definitely. And, and, and I this is a small random to go into. One thing I've been going out is I, we, as, as you all know, we outside. And the one thing I like about being outside is a lot of the genres where I see a lot of like just basically men out there, just just a sea of fucking pitchfork ass, hipster ass dudes. I'm seeing a demographic shift of where I think that a lot more women coming out to shows, a lot more women artists. And I think to a certain extent, not to say that they weren't there, but it feels like at least the air is getting up, lift up a little bit where... You know, and again, I'm not going to give men of anything, but like any props, but there's been enough pushback of where going back to the idea of where maybe we will not need. Oh, I'm I'm ready for this segue. What? I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to bring it home. (laughs) We will not need a Girl Power Grammy nomination year. Uh. You know, where women are are looked on the merit of what they do strictly because of that. And it's not easy points because they want to sell ratings, you know, Uh, so I'm hoping for. There we go. You Look know, the sad thing is, like, you know, we we will not have a girl power, like, year next year because it'll be all dudes. <laughs> <laughs> we, it might be black power, maybe Latinos. We'll, every year, every every demographic. I feel like we tried black power. That, that didn't work. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, was, Latinos. Maybe. Maybe. I want to see an overtly queer year. I feel like we've danced around that for a minute. I want to see like a gay, gay, this gay men and lesbians out there. Just I want to see something very LGBTQ. Just because not to be funny, they're on the low. They're they they are pop music, but that's a whole other story. You know, we don't have the conversation. You know, the producers. You know, the actual songwriters behind the scene. I'm not saying nothing. 
But, you know, all you bros out there doing a two-step in Jersey Shore, being homophobic, you need to check yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, on that note, uh, we are thankful for you guys to listen to us. We love y'all. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things happening out there. You know, a lot lot of cancellation over political views. But what I'm going to say is that generally, I think it's a time of where if you've got kind of any kind of political conviction and you want to kind of go out there and protest, kind of let your voices be heard, don't do that. They're trying to silence us us all. There we go. And I don't know. I guess I'll play some Public Enemy right about now in the background. What do you think, Snow? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look, take care of yourself. Take care of your people. Um, The world is crazy. The world is messed up. Um, You know, you can do what you can. Spread your voice, protest, um, you know, shouts out to all the marginalized people out there. And, uh, you know, we, we can do what we can. Yep, absolutely. And we love y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>